This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss this is talk sport daily hello happy monday and welcome to another andy goldstein's talk sport daily podcast with me your host andy goldstein a busy old podcast coming your way yeah is it goldstein yeah i just told you it is and we begin with uh, well my show andy goldstein's full-time phony yeah another one i've got i've lost count that took quite a few Anyway, it was me and the former West Ham, Fulham, Liverpool and Leicester fullback, Paul Koncheski. We were looking back at Sunday's football after, of course, Spurs won the North London derby and Villa beat Palace. Oh, what a capitulation this has been from Leicester City. Bournemouth 4, Leicester City 1 and the Foxes have conceded from their own throw-in. Absolutely incredible. I felt, yeah, I felt we needed to win today for sure. Um, we will try and win every game. We're still in it. We're still alive. We can still escape the difficult position we're in. It's going to be very difficult. But at least I think we've shown again to our supporters in the last two games that we're in there fighting and that's all we can do. I think if you're thinking of what's at stake and, and where you've finished, you've lost your focus and, and you have to be very focused at this time. And uh, we, 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 that's what we've been doing. And obviously it allowed us to get back our form over the last couple of games. But tonight was, um, second half was, was bitterly disappointing. And I haven't said that about the players. You know, they've been brilliant since I've been here. What's it like being a Leicester yeah. fan at the moment, Brian? Well, I just want to know when Mr Rogers and Mr Smichael are going to leave Leicester City Football Club because between the two of them, they messed up big time. And I've, I've gone on all season. I'm a season ticket holder. All season with Smichael's distribution of the ball has been appalling. And yet again, he did it. He was at, All four goals were down to him. Even the own goal one, I think, I would say that night. So it was going so slowly. But I'm afraid he's not good enough. We want Ward in the Liverpool goal. He's not being given the chance. The last six games have been worse than anything we saw under Puel. At least with Puel, we didn't like what he was doing, but at least he was committed to what he was doing. It's just been a mess. Like, I, I feel traumatised like we've just been relegated. And, and I'll be honest with you, I turned the game off at 1-0 down to a penalty because I thought, this this is only going one way. <laughs> I can't believe I've actually turned it on. Check the score at full time. We've lost 4-1. <laughs> 4-1! Against comfortably one of the worst team sheets I've, I've seen in years. I, I'm, I'm just, I, I can't reconcile anything I've seen over the last six games. It, it's just, it's, 
it's curious at best. It's kamikaze at worst. I just can't understand what the thinking's been behind any of the decisions made in the last six games. It, I can't. The first North London derby at Spurs New Stadium. The first North London derby played behind closed doors. And the first North London derby with Jose Mourinho as Spurs manager. And Mourinho has come out on top. Very important, deserved, very difficult. I think the players, they, they wore the fans' skin very hot. For us, even more difficult because we played two days ago and they played four or five days ago. But I think a proper game is a pity empty stadium. They are playing very well and they are getting very good results playing this way. We adapt slightly to try to have a better control of the game and to try to explore what we think are little weaknesses that they have. David Luiz, I mean, the phrase accident waiting to happen, sadly, absolutely applies to him. He completely lost his footing. Ingnit to Minson, round Luiz, round Martins to just lift it over the keep into the back of net. David Luiz presents Tottenham Hotspur with an equaliser on a plate. When you play at that level, you have to win the game. And again today, an individual error and a set piece cost us the game. But i never seen the boys play the way they've done today in this stadium. And that's another step forward. It's right on the top of the shoulder. That can't be a handball, surely. Uh, and that should stand. Aston Villa nil, Crystal Palace 1. Well, if VAR gives that as a handball, we might as well, well all pack up and go home, Mickey. Unbelievable. Aston Villa nil, Crystal Palace nil. Handball. As far as I was working out, that looked nearly as if it's on the back of the, of the shoulder there. I mean, it's nearly on the bone, isn't it? I thought there was going to be some clarity on this, Sags, to be fair, about the kind of almost T-shirt line they were talking about. And that looks like it was right on the bone of the shoulder, as yeah. you say, not down well, the arm isn't, in any way, shape ball, or form. No. By the letter of the law, it's touched his arm on the shoulder, so, um, you know, he ends up being chalked off and there's been a few harsh ones this season, so we know the letter of the law at the moment and how tight the criteria is for handball now. Aston Villa 2, Crystal Palace nil. Trezeguet at the double, his second goal of the game. He hadn't scored since December, but now he has two. He's poked it through the legs of Vicente Goeta. I know these these players can play under pressure. You know, we've found it hard that this season there's no getting away from that. Um, but the last two games are, are, have been really tough against, you know, uh, Liverpool and Manchester United and I think we've gone and competed. But for the VAR decision, you know, the Man United game, we were on top and that was their first shot. So we had to take some positives it can be hard when you read results from the day before and you know how, how tough the task is. We said to the players, the analogy is, is it's a semi-final today. You know, we've been playing tournament football since we came back. We haven't got the points we feel we need, but we're still in the tournament. So first leg of the semi-final, we need to go and win it. And we've managed to do that with a good performance. Now, TalkSport set Amanda Pace caught up with the Sheffield United boss Chris Wilder after the Blades win over Chelsea on game day. Let me just say that again. The Blades win over Chelsea. Just one more time in case Cundy's listening. The Blades hammered Chelsea on game day. Anyway, Wilder was asked where this victory ranked, easy for me to say, among the Blades results since promotion to the top flight. And by the way, that was take nine. Yeah, it's got to be right up there. I can't. I can't disguise that. Um, we beat Chelsea 3-0 on, on our own patch and uh, I think it was, a, it was a performance full of attitude, full of desire, full of structure, discipline and, um, and obviously some decent play as well. You know, to get to however you want to get to a result, you know, it's up to 
every individual coach or manager um, and I thought we got to the right result today for, for us as a football club. Talking to their players, they were saying that you're a terribly hard team to play against. That obviously fills you with <laughs> we're not, pride. We're not going to make it easy for anybody. No, absolutely. Yeah. Us. Do you start thinking now about making sure your passport is renewed and you've got your, your nice I've luggage? I've already booked my holiday anyway, so I'm already done. And I said to the players, uh, I said to the players, we, we put the schedule in, we've got half an idea when the season finishes and uh, we did say to the players how many people, how many players uh, will be will be booking their holiday straight after the Southampton game. So I've already booked my holiday, so my passport's up to date. Don't worry about yeah. the other thing that you're on about I, trying to suck <laughs> me into. <laughs> well, obviously, I'm talking about European football because it has become more and more of a reality, hasn't it, with that win? You win games of football, you accumulate points. You add one to 51, it makes 50, 54. Where I went to school. Yep, into uh, six in the league. I'm not, yeah, so Leicester away, Everton, home, Southampton away. It's, you like the uh, big games though, don't you? You seem to all, turn up for the big games. They're all big games. You've got to turn up for every, every training session. You've got to turn up. That's the demand of being a professional footballer. Now, after Man City tonked Brighton by five goals to nil on game day and Raheem Sterling bagged a hat-trick, would you believe his manager Pep Guardiola thinks Sterling can get better? Well, I suppose he can. I mean, four, then five, then six... Yeah, you get the idea. Here's Sterling with a low ground shot, and Manchester City take the lead. Cut inside onto his right foot, had the space to offload. A really well struck shot. Every player can be better. Yeah, every team can be better. Every manager can be better. So if done, this is noisy. Is uh, is no sense. So and he has this mentality to do it. We made a good performance. So continue the level that we had since lockdown. We can restart to play and yeah, and in four days another one and prepare Arsenal game and Madrid game. Now, Johnny Owen and friends, all friends, and Mark Webster, oh, my name's Mark and I'm his friend, were joined by the former Led Zeppelin frontman and Wolves vice president Robert Plant. Oh, I know Planty. Anyway, Robert discussed what it's like being a Wolves vice president and how he got given the role. Oh, role, that doesn't mean anything. It's an accident, really. I mean, who the hell would give somebody with the kind of track record I had? <laughs> Mr. Responsible, yeah. eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it, worse than that, I mean, when it was Steve Morgan that decided that uh, it should be offered to me, and uh, I said, well, that's okay, but uh, I may well accept this, but I want it to be hereditary. What am I doing as a vice president? What do I do? I have no idea. I don't know. Uh, I wear a tie sometimes. Oh, uh, wow. He still looks great, though. Yeah, but still got the hair no, and everything no, when he comes yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Thank God. I'll, I'll put that on before I get to the game. <laughs> Ruben Neves to pick out Diego Jota inside the penalty area, and it's an explosive finish, left-footed beyond Jordan Pickford at the near post. Wolves lead by three goals to nil, and that goal was oozing quality. Now, Norwich were relegated at the weekend after being thumped 4-0 by West Ham. We can hear first from the Canaries boss, Daniel Farker, then a slightly more jubilant Mikel Antonio, who scored all four goals. So that's Antonio, but first, Farker. Once we are there, 
with a perfect day with 100% performance everyone performs on his on his top level we have also a bit of a bit of game luck and and we are more or less overachieving a bit then we are competitive and then we cause problems even for the best sides uh, in this league but if you have a normal day and are just there perhaps with 96 or 97% let's be honest with all respect to my players but then on this level it looks at times a bit like a, a game uh, men against boys today wasn't a three pointer for us today was a six pointer to manage to pull ourselves away only three points away from the bottom before the game it's in our hands we just need to keep doing it in the last few performances we showed what we can do and we just need to keep doing it to the end of the season now Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has been speaking to the press head of Manchester United's game tonight with Southampton oh big game that for United he told TalkSport's James Savundra that the current attacking style is fitting with the DNA of Manchester United it's about winning of course it is uh, because you want to win trophies, but it's also about our fans and the way we approach the game, the the way we approach football. That you play with pace, you play you play with power, you play with uh, no fear, you take risks, and you've got players who've uh, who've got uh, quality. So it, it all it it's just. That's just the DNA of the of the football club, and of course I'm happy when you score goals and when you don't concede. But it's always been built on on a strong foundation. You know, when we had Pallister and Bruce or uh, Stam and Jonsson uh, with fantastic keepers behind them, the engine room with uh, Roy Keane, Brian Robson, they laid the foundation for the forwards to um, to show their skills. Long may it continue. We, we just got to take one game at a time. Now, there was, of course, sad news over the weekend when England World Cup winner and legend Jack Charlton passed away, age 85. As well as winning the World Cup as a player, he managed Ireland to a quarter-final back in 1990. This is a tribute to one of football's greats. Bobby could play. I couldn't, but I was bloody good at stopping other people playing. <laughs> Which is as much a part of the game, actually, as actually being able to play. I found him a revelation, quite frankly, because there we have a tall guy who can run, a tall guy that understood the game. His advice was very good, always. Gray moving to the near post. Jack Johnson! I know nothing else. I know absolutely nothing else. I know football inside out. I think I know football inside out. Alan, you never stop learning about football. He was brilliant with the players. He was absolutely brilliant. If Sunday had stayed out a little bit late and so, you know, someone said to him, oh, he was like, he was downtown Orlando at two o'clock in the morning. And he went, Jack went, mm, can he play? Yeah, he can play. Yeah, he's all right. When you walk into your room, you know, you know when someone special's walked in here because everyone sort of turns. He had that. It's actually knocked me sideways a bit. Um, and I think that's a measure of the, the affection Jack Charlton was held in in Ireland. He, there was a genuine love for him. He never milked anything. He never said anything just for the sake of it to see if there's a reaction. Jack was just Jack. Now, the Windies beat England in the first test of the summer by four wickets at Southampton. They lead the series 1-0. Well, I've just told you that because they won the first test. With two to play, this is the England stand-in skipper, Ben Stokes. Stokesy. To what extent do you feel you missed Stuart Broad and, and will he come back into the equation for the second test? Oh, look, I mean, you know, obviously we made a decision based um, around thinking pace was... Um, going to stand us in um, 
you know, a better place in the long long game that Test cricket offers. You know, obviously Stuart is a fantastic bowler, but he understood the reasons why. Um, but looking at the interview he gave to Sky Sports, I thought it was it was absolutely brilliant. Um, you know, to see the the desire and passion that he showed and in, in the answers that he gave. If he didn't, if he wasn't like that, then I would be worried. You know, if it was just, oh yeah, it's, oh well, just hopefully we get picked for the next one, then you know, I'll be a bit concerned. But you know, to see somebody like that who's played over a hundred Test matches, got so many wickets as he has, to still see that fire burning deep inside and and want to to go out and perform for England at every every opportunity, you know, it's fantastic to see as a senior player in this team, and and amazing to still see that in somebody who's played so many games. Now back to Johnny Owen, and this is Piers Morgan talking about his beloved Arsenal and Arsene Wenger. By the way, uh, this was recorded before the North London derby. I thought that the whole Wenger thing, the longer it dragged on and the longer it was dragged out, the sadder it got. And it said it all to me that at the end, I didn't see anybody shed a tear for Arsene Wenger. Mm. And I never thought that day would come when I didn't see any Arsenal fan you know, in tears, wishing he wasn't leaving. And that was a, it was a sad, sad, very elongated end to his time at Arsenal. Now, Adam Catchell returned at the weekend after a several-week hiatus. Adam Catchell and Gareth A. Davis were joined by a top-ranked promoter, easy for me to say again, Bob Owen, who levelled extremely heavy criticism on Jarrell Miller after his latest failed drug test. How stupid can you be? That was my reaction. I mean, when we signed the guy after he had tested positive uh, before the uh, fight with Anthony Joshua, he told me it was it was his people that did it. He would be very careful. He would have a special nutritionist, on and on and on. And boom, the same thing happened and he tested dirty. But I think, again, that's a credit to boxing because once we scheduled him to fight in the bubble, which would have been on th- last Thursday, yesterday, the Nevada Commission immediately had Vada test them. And, and they, the first test uncovered uh, performance-enhancing drugs. Well, that's nearly it for another podcasty thing. A reminder, of course, you can download previous or future podcasts simply by going to ACAST, Spotify or Apple Pods. Before I leave you, let me tell you that Oxford and Wickham, a League One playoff final at Wembley, tonight is live and exclusive to National Radio on TalkSport 2 from 7pm. And for a change, the final word goes to Tony Cascarino on Weekend Breakfast with a tribute to his former manager, Jack Charlton, when the Ireland team visited the Pope at Italia 90. That experience at the Vatican was just hilarious. The whole day and Jack, you know, there's one incident, uh, Georgie, where the Pope is addressing all the crowd because he speaks in about six or seven different languages, addresses them, and then suddenly he waves his hand looking at the island team and Jack is waving back thinking he's waving at him and it's just a really (laughs) funny moment. Jack Jack is not actually waving you, he waves his hand. That's what the Pope does. You know, he fell asleep during the service. Honestly, Georgie, because it went on and on for about two hours. You imagine in all different languages. Jack dozed off, you know, it was just... Like, we were putting all bits of paper on Jack's head as he was dozing off, you know, like, see, so he, he's sitting there with all bits so of paper naughty. on top of his head. You know, typical children.
question. That was a podcast from Talk Sport.